Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 43, and Mitch, it kind of feels like we're like we're almost doing like a back-to-back podcast day because <laughs> it's been so long. So uh, yeah, we just we just put up episode 42 the other day, not too long ago, and here we are back at it, burning both ends here because uh, you've been up for forever. I'm just getting up, and the other day was was uh, we were we were a little late at night, so it's kind of it's kind of cool doing a little bit of everything lately. So, anyways, what's going on? How's everything going? Not much, like you said, man. I'm just getting home, so uh, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I just crushed a peanut butter sandwich and then. I wash it down with like a, uh, a cup of milk and some muscle milk, some cheap protein powder. So um, just, I'll be ready to hit the sack after this, man. But um, I'm going to be honest. When you said, when you started that sentence and said, I just crushed, I thought you were going to say you worked out like after that whole shift. Uh, no, I mean, I've been there, done that, but not yeah. today. I went to, I didn't want to keep you waiting. So um, peanut butter sandwich and milk. <laughs> nice absolutely so well anyways before we dive in if you're listening and following along thanks for doing that (laughs) um this is episode 43 you can find all other episodes of the podcast on spotify podbean and google podcasts we have the website hillpursuit.com where you can access the daily blog about fitness training life any and everything going on in our lives and get a little glimpse into that if you'd like and then of course all the links to all the other shows um if you want to follow us on social media do that at hill pursuit facebook and instagram and then uh if you know if you want to start a conversation with us send us an email ask a question participate in some of our our discussion here hillpursuit at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you guys so and we don't enough so please comment on some stuff if you have some feedback or some input we'd just love to hear it so uh, let us know what you think about everything. And um, yeah, I think, I don't know about you, Mitch, but I'd just love to hear a little bit more from people. So yeah, it's weird you say that. I was actually just thinking about that. Um, I think it'd be cool if someone would give us a topic that maybe we haven't talked about or someone's kind of curious about or want some discussion on. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into it. We haven't, we haven't had any uh, one reaching out. So I think you know, any topic on like training or whatever have you, or um, something related to what we, what we tend to talk about and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just looking yesterday, actually, we have uh, just that, like our, our total listens to, um, to the show and, you know, we're, we're over a thousand now, which is cool. So um, I know last time I looked and we, last time we talked about it, we were approaching a thousand, you know, it's, we don't have crazy numbers of listens or downloads every, every single week, but yeah, we're over a thousand now, which is pretty neat. And uh, the website actually gets a decent amount of traffic, which is cool. And, you know, it's kind of like a fine line, like, should we even care? Like, does it matter? And, you know, mm-hmm. right now it, right now to me no i guess it doesn't really but it's just like it's cool to see the numbers and you know back when we started it was even more cool and i remember we looked at them all the time like 
it was like, oh, how many people, at least I was like looking, how many people are listening to this? How many people went to the website? And now it's just like, I just looked yesterday because it had been for forever. Like I, I hadn't looked in so long. And yeah. um, so, I think it's so, one of the things that I don't know about you. But I don't think, I think it's one of the things I don't think we look at it for in terms of statistics. Like, you know, I think it's one of the things like, what are we, what, what we're talking about? Are people enjoying listening to, you know, is it things like, you know, I think it's more of a, it's a feedback for us. I th- like I said, I don't want, for me, it's not, Hey, this is, we're getting this amount of views. It's more of like, Hey, we're getting this, you know, maybe we keep rolling with, with this. So. Yeah, exactly. I think we, we noticed a while back that there was like a, a, a certain topic on something related to uh, what was it? It was, it was something related to hypertrophy training and I don't know. But I remember we we saw that and we were like, oh, cool. People really liked listening to, to that or like that conversation. So, yeah, it's really cool to do it uh, in that sense. And, you know, I think back to, you know, why we even started this in the first place. It really was just like, you know, I felt like it was like a way for us to selfishly force ourselves to like keep in touch and yeah. have a conversation and just talk about training and any and everything in between, which I think we've done. And, you know, both of our training has evolved just in that time. So I think the conversations are, are cool. They're fun to have. And, you know, if they impact somebody or somebody gets a little, a little nugget from something, I think it's, it's, that's also a, a cool aspect to, to the to the website to the blog to the show so um yeah i mean we'll keep going and like like you said it'd be cool if we got a topic from somebody or some some sort of feedback or conversation to have and you know just snowball from there and and see what happens so um yeah thanks for listening anyways what uh what's been going on with you how's training been and um a little update. Yeah, man. So um, I dove back onto, uh, you know, I had two weeks where we kind of talked about before. It was two weeks where I just kind of went in the kind of coasted. You know, I did some things that were fun, nothing crazy, um, nothing structured really, just kind of let the body and the mind rejuvenate. And then uh, this week I had jumped back on a established program, one that's uh, pre-planned. It's a six-week-long program I did not write it um I actually got it from um it's called Mountain Tactical Institute um they're out 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 west so um I can't take credit for actually writing it I have fault that's what I actually followed my last program um and uh yeah I had a lot of I had some good results um and I'm just gonna keep rocking with that and sometimes it's nice you know you don't have a lot of time to program for yourself and it's kind of nice just to be able to look at something hey this is this is what I'm going to do you know I think everyone can kind of contest to that not saying we can't program for ourselves or you shouldn't program for yourself but right now where I'm at this is working for me and I'm going to keep rocking with that so um today I just had uh it's very geared towards uh kind of like aerobic slash anaerobic and relative strength so I did uh it's all based off of a previous test that I had done. So it was five sets of 22 burpees with a minute rest in between. 
Um, and then I jumped into, uh, I had a 20 pound vest on and, um, it was five sets, 27 body weight squats with the vest every 90 seconds. And then five sets of three pull-ups every 90 seconds. So, you know, it's, it's not a lot always every day, but you're training six days a week. So over the course of six weeks, it definitely, uh, will accumulate. So feeling pretty good. Yeah. I love, dude, I remember mountain tactical Institute when we, just back in the day when we first met, I think we brought that up and um, it might've been functional or it could have been um, actually, ironically, I think it was functional and not tactical, but anyways, yeah, they have lots of good stuff. They do. Um, they, they have a lot of programs. Yeah. And they catered to, they catered to, you know, any and everything in terms of equipment and, you know, level and whatever mm -hmm. you're doing. So really, really cool, um, cool little program there. I mean, I think, I think, uh, it's really important to have a program and, you know, being that we're both experienced in programming, most people might look at that on the surface and say, Oh, why do you, you know, why do you need a coach or why do you need to follow some other program? But it's like, look, it takes a lot of energy to do that for other people and, you know, come up with that stuff, um, for, for others or for other athletes. And it, it sometimes, you know, some, everybody can benefit from, you know, an extra pair of eyes, um, or another brain developing something that works towards your goals. You know what I mean? So, um, it's hard to program. Absolutely. It's hard to program for yourself. You know, it's so hard. And, um, you know, even me just in, you know, I can speak to that point for sure, especially now that I've gone through a season of having a coach, um, you know, and I don't write at the moment because, um, I'm in a massive off season here starting next week, I guess. So, yeah, I keep saying off season, but I've probably been misusing that word. I've probably been in more of a postseason these past five weeks. This is my sixth week. And this is my last week in a, in a postseason before I enter a more structured, um, more structured quote off season next week. But I also had like way more time in my base and my in season than probably you did. So my postseason was, you know, significantly longer. Yours was two weeks. You said mine's six weeks. So, yeah. Um, and you train your, your whole block, I think was just, way way longer than mine too right you know right. right and that i think that speaks to a really important point of programming is you know just because you hear the term postseason it doesn't mean it's two weeks for everybody it doesn't mean it's exactly. a month it doesn't mean it's a month for everybody some athletes might benefit from maybe a one-week postseason you know it just depends mm -hmm. on depends on the intensity and the volume and of course the the duration of how long the program was so there's really no right or wrong it, you know how much um how much mental fatigue are these people accumulating that, th that they might need extra time? You know, like for me, I made a, I made a quick adjustment when I was about two or three weeks into my post season and I kept calling it off season. So if you're going back and listening, like that was my, my mistake. I wasn't really in an off season yet, but I made the mistake of trying to do a little bit too much in a post season where, and I know we already spoke about this, but, where I, I was like flirting with the line of getting burnout and um, 
just like losing interest and not wanting to get in the pool or not wanting to go jog, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I made a quick adjustment and, you know, it, it worked perfectly and I maintained the fire. You know, I kept, I was just doing stuff I'm super interested in doing and staying active. And that's what I'm finishing out this week doing. And then, you know, I'm not even like, I'm not even doing a, a, you know, making any massive changes into next week, but slightly adjusting the frequency of some more, more triathlon specific work. And, you know, right now I'm lifting five days a week. I'll probably drop it to about four. Um, and then, um, you know, as that progresses and I get even closer to next in season, I'll drop it to three and then I'll drop it to two or three and then I'll drop it to two. And then, you know, when I get very, very close, I'll drop it to one day per week of lifting. And then, um, what worked for me, at least in this last in season was, you know, at least a full month of focus without any lifting. And I know that's hard for most people to hear, but, um, in, in, the, the sport of triathlon, uh, most of that lifting, most of the benefit from it is going to be like right now, it's not going to be in the, the one month prior to the race. So if I have, you know, one month prior to the race, you're doing a couple humongous builds, some big weekends. If you have a free, if you have a free hour, you're probably not going to want to spend it in the weight room. You're going to want to get the benefit of the volume of some form of swim, bike, run in some capacity. And, Again, I wouldn't recommend that for people who don't lift in the off season. I would say you should maintain throughout if you're only going to lift like one or two days per week. But I'm, you know, in heavy into lifting right now, and I will be for the next about four months. So, um, yeah, when I get closer, I'll definitely drop it to one and then drop it to zero for like the last three to four weeks. Just Are you to, working with your coach at all right now, or did he give you any? Uh... No, <clears throat> and. Um, I'm comfortable with my off season progression as I get up. Yeah. I, yeah I so curious. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, you know, that it's, I think that's a good question to ask and it's something to keep me in check and something to keep, you know, keep you in check in terms of you're using the program, which is great right now. I'm not. So, you know, it's, it's a good question to ask and it's like, well, should I be, or am I okay doing my own thing? But what what's unique um for me right now is yeah i'm you know i'm i'm on my own not, i don't have my own coach and yeah i'm programming for myself but the way that i'm programming is it's not crazy difficult it's not complicated um i'm literally doing you know number of sessions per week um and you know i don't have it right in front of me but offhand i you know i'm pretty familiar obviously Right now, I adjusted down to three runs, three rides, five lifts, one of which is body weight, purely body weight. So five, you know, five body weight or resistance training sessions and one swim. So that sounds like a lot, but it's really not like the, the lifts aren't long. And some of my sessions are um, pretty short. So like yesterday, I only rode for 20 minutes. So it's not like I'm. Yeah. I'm not going and ripping 90 minute rides and then getting an hour long lifting session in every single day. Absolutely not. Nowhere near that. Um, it's just more of a curiosity question. Yeah. And then, you know, as I get a little bit more specific, the, the lifting sessions are going to drop 
like I said, next week, it'll probably drop down to four. And then um, I'm going to increase a, I'm going to add a bike in. And then in the next six weeks, I'll add in another run and a swim and then pull another lift off, you know, so it's really just a frequency per week. So I'm going to maintain a similar volume, but I'm just going to manipulate the, the sessions that I'm doing. Um, and then I think what's also cool about it is, you know, if you think about all the things, all the things that, uh, that I'm doing, it's swim, bike, run and lifting, right? So four different, essentially four different types of sessions. And, you know, say I have two of them on the same day, say, cause right now I lift five days per week. That means I'm going to, I'll probably be doing something else, right? I'll probably be getting in a short run, maybe a short ride. And then one day a week I swim and lift, you know? So, um, I, I allow for the variability in terms of that order also. And I don't, I never tell myself I have to lift after, or I must lift before it's always just random. So the stimulus that I'm getting is always changing. So I'm never fully adapting to it. So, um, in, in a way that variability is, is a form of progressive overload, which, and, you know, in your long off season, you want to make sure that you're, you're definitely doing that and you're not staying, you know, you're not stagnant and staying, staying in the same place. So, um, I'm comfortable with my program. I'm comfortable in manipulating those variables on my own. Um, I will be back with my coach for a four month prep for, um, my, I'm only doing one, one real race next year. Anything else I do is just going to be small and local, but I'm going to do another 70.3. So another half iron next year. Um, and I'm going to have a four month prep for that. Um, and then some bigger goals in terms of some of the stuff we talked about after. Yeah. We're going to keep that on the DL until, yeah. uh, until for that's coming for the following that's season. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of that, but, um, yeah, I'm going to do another big build for a uh, half iron try, um, you know, beginning, um, you know, what would that be? February, April, May, June. yeah, February ish somewhere in there, but until then I'm in a, in a big off season. So, um, quite a while yet on my own, which I'm perfectly fine with. I think over the winter it's dude, the winter is tough. You know, the fall yeah. time into winter is just so hard. Um, people are eating like crazy right now. Like you have Halloween candy, you have Thanksgiving right around the corner and then it's just like, boom, it's Christmas. And it's just awesome time to be under a barbell, man. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's <laughs> You're going to be putting some LBs on. You might as well put the kilos on in the weight room, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I had a question for you. I actually had a point and a question to make. Um, one is I recently talked to my relative. I actually talked to her. What's today? Talked to her even yesterday on the phone. We talked a little bit. We always will dabble in some training stuff. So she, we, uh, we were talking about her lifting component of her triathlon and all that stuff. And she's a firm believer that she felt that lifting, if she would have lifted more at a certain, we didn't go too much in depth of when or how much, but she definitely felt that lifting would have had a better, a more of an impact on her race outcome. Um, so she's not sure her, I want to, I want to bring her on. She has a pretty cool goal, goal that she's going for. Um, I don't want to, 
don't want to spoil it because I do want to get her on. Um, we will. She just, like I said, her her daughter yeah. just had a baby, so a little busy. But she has a pretty cool goal coming up, and I think she'll she's having a little bit of little injury stuff going on with her knees. Um, but there's no doubt I think she'll get it taken care of and um, and tackle this. But definitely she felt that the weight room could have maybe benefited her benefited her a little bit more. And then two, I wanted to ask you. Um, so for your lifting sessions, are you on, are you, did you write the lifting to progress? Is it a progression over the time? Are you kind of just going in saying, Hey, I did this, or is it literally written out for, for four week walk or whatever? All right. So yeah, those are, those are both awesome points and questions. So I'll start at the, the first one. Um, in terms of your, I forget who, what her relationship is to you. She's my, she's, my, she, she's my aunt yeah 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 that's right so in terms of your aunt with resistance training and performance outcome and endurance sports <clears throat> this is a question that comes up all the time and and, and female too like keep yeah. that in mind you know that's another yeah. one i feel like always comes yeah. up this comes up all the time in terms of just the general aspect i'll let her speak to the female aspect actually because that's that's a cool perspective. And it's also a great question that should be asked and discussed, but in terms of resistance training and the impact in endurance sport, it absolutely does impact endurance sport. Um, without getting too physiological, there's, there's a blood marker that can be observed. It's called blood lactate, which is, which is indicative of, um, the onset of fatigue and resistance training or anaerobic performance or, or types of competition or sport or training delays the onset of blood lactate accumulation. And that, what that does is it allows an individual to maintain more aerobic mechanisms and aerobic metabolism for, for longer before blood lactate begins to accumulate via anaerobic mechanism. So under extreme fatigue, you're going to, you're going to um, rely more on some anaerobic mechanisms. And if you're not training to shift or delay the onset of blood lactate accumulation, then you're going to fatigue a little bit quicker. So absolutely resistance. Now, now listen, we could be talking we could be talking minutes. We could be talking big blocks of minutes, but you don't know if, if you don't resistance train, it's nothing like mm -hmm. you're not getting that benefit if you don't resistance train. So if you resistance train and it helps you by three minutes, you know, you might not be able to quantify that. Right. But, or, you know, if it helps you by 30 minutes or, or an hour, you know, you don't specifically know. And there's a lot of other variables that go into that. Like how, how hard you're working throughout the rest of the day and what percentage of your max heart rate or what percentage of your, uh, you know, peak oxygen consumption you're working at throughout the course of a day prior to the onset of that fatigue. Right. So it's not just, Oh, you resistance train, you're going to improve your time by an hour. That's not at all what I'm saying, but the mechanism of delaying the, the, the time of fatigue 1000%. This is, it's not just, it's not, you know, it's not a, um, a conspiracy or just something that a, a strength coach is going to say it's real. It's physiological and it's measurable. Yes. It absolutely relates to 
the delay of fatigue. So yes, resistance training is very, very important for endurance sport. Um, ironically enough, not a lot of endurance sport athletes resistance train. Uh, you know, we're talking about everyday recreational like endurance athletes. So, you know, you go to the Ironman, you know, you don't look at the professional field, but you look at all the age group athletes, probably 90% of them don't resistance train, you know, like a lot of people don't. Um, if you look at the elite athletes and the professionals, of course, they're resistance training. Of course they are. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a coach and you're trying, you know, I've heard, I've heard other people's perspectives on this and it sometimes makes my skin crawl when, you know, I'll hear people say that they don't, you don't need to resistance train or why waste your time doing it? You know, similar to the analogy that I just gave, look in my last, in my last three to four weeks of a program up to a race, I'll probably go as little as one or zero days per week. I literally just said that. And I said, you know, if I have the extra hour, I'm probably going to focus it more on swim, bike, run in that period of time. Some people have that mindset over the course of an entire year. And that, that is what I don't agree with. Um, I think resistance training is very, very important, especially in triathlon. Um, I think that the time of the season is also important and, you know, speaking to the point that your aunt is making, um, I felt that way during my half Ironman. I felt like I hadn't resistance trained enough in preparation for my June race. As I was racing, I was like, oh man, like I need to do more for my posterior chain. And then I did, and it felt better in my Ironman. Like I felt less fatigued muscularly in my posterior chain in my Ironman. So I made an adjustment, but I made it at the wrong time. Like had I made that adjustment prior to, then I could have even set myself up for even better performance. You know what I mean? So, so that's why I'm emphasizing it so heavily right now and leading up to my in-season program. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very, very important to overload resistance training almost as much as you can. And I know that's not a popular opinion in triathlon, but almost as much as you can when you're in um, like a heavy off season with a lot of time. Um, and, you know, those variables change, like I'm six weeks post race and I'm changing with those variables as early as next week. So it's not like you should be resistance training six days a week all year round in triathlon. That's not at all what I'm saying, but it absolutely is beneficial for um, endurance athletes and triathlon. So, cool. and then remind me, what was the next? next no, it's like what, um, for your, for your, um, and actually I want to make a, another, you were kind of talking about something I had planned to talk about too. Um, but my question was for your weight room sessions right now, or your, your strength oh, yeah. um, component, or do you have something literally planned out? Or are you just going in the gym? Kind. Of, I mean, I, I kind of have a feeling, I know your answer already. Um, uh, are you going in with, Hey, I have this laid out or is it, I'm going in, I'm picking these. I didn't do this last time. I'm going to do this today. Um, or what's kind of your game plan with that? So I feel like, I feel like I do a pretty good job of listening to my body. Mm-hmm. So in these six weeks, I really don't, I'm not like recording anything or writing numbers down. Um, 
so I don't know okay. if, I don't know if that goes against what you were thinking I was going to say but um for these is, six, actually <laughs> for these six weeks I'm I'm hitting a core movement almost every day so some form of squat some form of press and some form of a deadlift almost like working every, up to like a five rep max three rep max so for for right now i'm i'm around like six to eight okay all right um and i you know i like to hit about four sets of those you know that's not crazy heavy right now but four sets of about six to eight for those core movements right. and again it, i i literally make sure that i'm not over fatigued from you know, a previous session or two sessions ago or whatever. And if I am, then I just keep everything hypertrophy endurance and I, I'll just do like a, a pulling day, you know, and I'll just, I'll just randomly do a lot of pulling, mix in a little bit of pushing. So I'm not like completely imbalanced for the day, mm-hmm. but, um, and then, you know, if I, if I happen to miss a day and I have 48 hours in between, I'm hoping that that gives me enough recovery that I can go back to a core movement but if it doesn't, then I'll just come back and hit a total body hypertrophy day. So for me, and that's probably not going to change, you know, that, that's probably something that's going to be consistent for me is my core lifts will be within the um, repetition and intensity range of strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't fully been in that repetition range yet, but I hadn't planned to until next week anyways. Um, and the rest of my accessory movements will all be hypertrophy or endurance. So, yeah. And, um, that works for me. It's been working for these last six weeks. That's kind of the principle that I adopted after my June race. When I, when I re when I came back to the drawing board and said, look, I need to resistance train more. That's what I was doing. And it, it proved to be beneficial for me in the Ironman. So, um, and ironically, I know, you know, I know you don't, you, you might disagree with this necessarily, but I'm starting to wonder. So let me, let me take a quick note. So I don't forget to make that point, but, um, um, I'm starting to wonder if I need to back squat at all, honestly. And I squat all the time. I squat all the time in some capacity. I'll do a single leg. I'll do, you know, I'll do split squats. I, and personally, my favorite squat variation is a front squat. And I, I love front squatting and I just don't know if I need to back squat super heavy or back squat at all. Right. And I know that in, in my brain, you know, there's all kinds of athletes that have different goals and different physiological conditions and different, and that, you know, anatomical makeup the back squatting is not relevant for everybody. It doesn't, you know, you don't need to back squat, but I've always loved back squatting. And of course you can move a lot of weight when you back squat. So now it becomes like this little ego thing, but, um, I don't think I need to back squat. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I still, I'm glad we came at an epiphany at quarter after six. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Go ahead. I'll, I'll just let you tear that up for a little, if you want to. I'm not going to tear it up. I'm no, not, I, I, I know. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean No, to. no, I'm actually, I, I don't really have much to say on it. Um, you know, I love the back squat. That's like, if I had to choose one lift to do from now until the end of time, it yep. would be the back squat. But 
I think you can get the same or similar uh, benefits from squatting in different different ways, whether it's a front squat, goblet squat. So I'm actually, you know, if you feel that, or if you feel you're, you're it's actually, at the end of the day, triathlete's your sport, right? Or being a triathlete is, is you're, you're an athlete for that. Like they, that's your game, right? So if you feel like back squatting is taking away from your training towards that, and you can easily say here is why, then absolutely you shouldn't be back squatting. It's so different than, hey, um, I can't clean because it's taking out of practice X, Y, Z. Okay. Well then you shouldn't be cleaning. We'll have to figure out some other way to get triple extension in. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's taking out of a sport or it's taking out of your preparation for what you do, then you're going to have to find a different way to get the same, uh, the, the same outcome. And that's where being a coach or being smart with your training comes in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I mean, I think the, when that came to me, I know we're, here's our epiphany at 6.15 in the morning. When it came to me, I actually had, I actually had a student ask me a question, um, you know, similar to like, is it relevant for me to do this as mm-hmm. a, you know, they have a specific sport that they compete in and is it relevant because when I do it, this is what I feel like. And, you know, it takes me a long time to, not necessarily recover, but to, to, you know, roll out whatever tension or, or, you know, something like that. And I'm, I'm talking through this problem with this student and it's just like, you know, this is, I need somebody to tell me this sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly the point of why you need other eyes on you or your program. So I don't have those eyes on me in terms of, like my resistance training. So it took that conversation for me to really like introspectively look at, do I do X, Y, Z. And, you know, I think that's a really important process that people need to to take on themselves is, um, you know, looking at what you're doing and is it, is it completely relevant or not? And, um, you know, in your aunt's case, she feels like resistance training is very relevant and should be doing it a little bit more. That's what I'm taking from that. I'm not putting words into her mouth, but um, that's what I got out of our yeah, conversation yeah. as well. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt coming off of my 70.3. And I made some adjustments, felt a little bit better in terms of my posterior chain, or actually a lot of it better um, throughout my entire Ironman race. And, you know, I'm carrying that into this next season, hoping that it just completely makes a difference. And, you know, I intend to have it make a difference. So uh, sometimes you need to have those conversations with yourself and be super, you know, put your ego to the side. Like, do I need to really try to deadlift 500 pounds? Probably not. I mean, if I can, awesome. If that's, you know, if that, if that 500 pound deadlift comes into my, my six to eight repetitions that I, that that's the goal that I'm, that that's my training for my core movements then sure, that's fine. But do I need to really work up to trying to pull 500 pounds for one or two reps? It just doesn't, you know, that doesn't apply to my goals. But if, if, if that, if that number just happens to fall into my repetition range one day, then sure, whatever, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I don't have those, those types of goals anymore. 
you know, to have to hit a certain number on a deadlift or hit a certain number on a back squat anymore. Cause it's not as, it's just not as relevant. No, and I, and actually one of my like strength in the strength game and just overall, one of my role models was Jim Wendler. And that's, I kind of started applying that to my own training in life. And that was, you know, the weight room for athletes, if, if you're not a power lifter, you're not a strong man, you're not a, a weightlifter. Um, the weight room is kind of an end to a means to an athlete. It's literally there to supplement their sport. And if it's taking away from their sport, mm-hmm. something needs to be adjusted. And I started trying to apply that to, to my own life because I definitely have trained in the weight room or conditioned, or it was definitely taking out of my practice for that sport for the negative, And it impacted me a hundred percent. And um, that's one thing I try to relate to my life now. And if I'm talking to someone else about programming, um, that's one thing I I try to hang my hat on to think about, is this going to hinder someone in their overall, or am I just putting this in here to as fluff? Right. And I think that's a really good point. You know, I guess we'll wrap up. We're kind of going on here, but you know, the weight room is not your sport. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. And, um, you know, even if you're not quote an athlete or you don't compete in something, you know, the weight room doesn't need to be considered, you know, the, the competition floor or the stomping ground, you know, that's, that's even like, what like what you just said, it's a means to an end. It's a way to maintain your health, maintain your fitness, maintain your function. It doesn't have to be where you quote compete. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're, if you don't compete in anything, but you lift five days a week, beautiful. That's completely fine. But your competition floor might be playing with the kids, or if you're an older adult, it might be taking care of your activities of daily living. You know, like it doesn't have to be, oh, well, I'm going into the weight room because I need to pull this much weight off the ground. Mm-hmm. No, it might just be maintaining function. So you can, like I said, run around with your kids or your grandkids, or, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're just trying to be physically active with, with family, or, you know, you're taking your dog for a walk and you don't want to be short of breath, you know, there's all these different reasons. It doesn't have to relate to sport, you know? So um, the weight room is exactly what you just said. It's a means to an end. The ultimate goal is health functionality um, and, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So, yeah, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna don't 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 confuse that for it's an excuse to be lazy in there either. Um, yes, it it can be a means to an end, um, but that's that's time to still get better. Whether you're an athlete, whether you you said your mom or dad, or you know if you're training for anything, you know it's just because that's what it is does not mean it's there to still make you better. It's to prevent injury. It's to get you stronger what have you, you know, um, get in there, do what you have to do, move on. Um, and then, uh, you know, I had, I had a point here to talk about and I'm just going to bring it up now. Maybe we'll talk, we're going to, I'm not going to go into it now, but I actually had a, an awesome two days in the woods this week. And I, I actually messed up. I, uh, I had an encounter with a pretty good, pretty good animal buck. And, um, I knew something was wrong with my bow and I uh, thought, you know, nine chances out of 10, this piece of equipment really um, wouldn't be needed. And it was just one out of, it was at one time it was needed and it not saying it would or would not have cost me, but it definitely would have increased the opportunity. And um, 
know, we were kind of we were kind of talking about, you know, as you increase in the spectrum of uh, um, higher performance or getting on a greater stage, the the importance of paying attention to detail. And um, I failed here, so uh, I think we're going to talk about that next podcast. Maybe as the stage gets bigger, you know, you got to hone in a little bit more on on the small details. And um, this was something I didn't and uh, ended up, uh, it was a great experience, like I said. And, you know, if you're out there right now, it's it's the rut. So it's a, it's an awesome time to be in the woods um, or getting dialed up. And um, yeah, I just want to talk about that next cast or whenever we link up, link up again. So yeah, for sure, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, to your other point real quick and then we'll, we'll jump off. Um, yeah, don't be lazy in the weight room because that weight room is not a means to an end if you're not working hard enough. It's only a means to an end if you're working hard enough when you're there. So you, you're exactly right. You can't be lazy in there. You still have to put the work in. Otherwise, it, it is just it's just a little playground and you're just spinning your wheels. But if you're actually working hard when you're in there, then yeah, it does become a means to an end for whatever lifestyle goals that you have, even if they're not related to just the weight room itself. So um, anyway, yeah, that was a really cool cast. Um, keep on learning every day. It's important to do that, adapt, and make sure that what you're doing is relevant to um, your overall goals, your lifestyle. It's very, very important stuff. So if you uh, heard some of these topics today and you want to you know, pitch in and, and give your input. We would love that. Um, I, I'll be the first to say not everything we said today, uh, not, not everybody would agree with. So um, if that's you, that's fine. Send us an email, comment on some of our podcast episodes. We would love to start that conversation. So um, email is hillpursuit.gmail.com. Find us on social at hillpursuit. You can check out the, the blog and the, and the other podcast episodes at hillpursuit.com. And, um, you know, the podcast streams on Spotify, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. So check it out. Share it. Like it. Subscribe to it. Show your friends. All of those things. Um, this was episode 43. Thank you guys for listening and have a great day. We'll see you.